The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Appreciate you being here on Red Eye Radio. So this is one of those moments where in radio the show must always go on. That's uh, what we always say here in radio. And about 20 minutes ago, I was dead asleep because, uh, frankly, I'm on vacation this week. Unfortunately, the um, the snow and the ice in Nashville, Tennessee, has been falling. And the guy that was supposed to do uh, this uh, radio broadcast for Gary and Eric, he has literally been stuck on I-40 going westbound for the past couple of hours. Matt Murphy, you may know Matt. You may remember Matt. He has filled in for Gary and Eric before. And he was, he was on his way in. And like a lot of the, a lot of parts of the country, we are mired in just really, really cold temperatures. And uh, the roads, uh, particularly I-40 here in Middle Tennessee, is actually now frozen over, and, and Matt has been stuck on I-40 westbound right about uh, Spence Lane for last couple of hours. And, and Matt, not exactly the way that you were hoping that uh, this evening would uh, would begin for you. Matt, you're stuck out on I-40. How is it out there? Well, it's an inauspicious beginning, to say the least, to Dan, uh, to, uh, to my evening tonight on Red Eye Radio 1. I want to say, and I know you probably get tired of hearing this, Dan Mandis, but Dan Mandis, my hero, uh, for being there for me uh, in in the event that I did get stuck. Yes, so I, I think it's a microcosm of what a lot of people are experiencing around the country. Everything was fine. Left the house at 9:30 Central Time tonight. Got on the interstate. It was a slow go. There was a lot of snow coming down. A lot of treacherous conditions. Be safe. Be careful. And then everything comes to a screeching halt. And apparently, uh, as I did my research here the last two hours that I've been stuck on the interstate, uh, several cars hit icy patches on the roadway on 40 westbound. And these southern states, they have a difficult time uh, handling some of these once-in-a-generation-style ice storms, although we did have one back in 2014. And, um, and we've been stuck ever since. Authorities say uh, that there's been a, an interstate closure as a result of an icy patch and a multi-car wreck. And I'm certain uh, that we are not the only event like this happening across the United States as this incredible 
icy, cold blast comes from Canada and descends upon certainly the eastern half of the United States of America. So I've been out here for about two hours. Uh, I've just been chilling out. I'm choosing, I'm, I'm choosing to uh, embrace the absurdity of the situation. It could be worse. <laughs> i got a tank full of gas. I got a lot of friends around me. Uh, there are people making uh, snow angels on the side of the interstate. So we're all good oh, so no. far, Dan. <laughs> uh, let me let me tell you. Well, you know, Matt. I mean, you are ready to go. New York, Kentucky, Missouri, Oklahoma, Georgia, North Carolina. All of these have called for states of emergency. We've got. I mean, at, at last check, and it's got to be a lot more than this now. 12,500 flights have been canceled and delayed all across the country. They're calling this snowpocalypse. Depending on where you are, I mean, Matt, you and I have lived, well, I've lived in the South for about nine years here in Nashville, Tennessee. You've been in the South a lot longer than that. Uh, you know what they say, Southerners should not even try to go out unless you absolutely have to. But, of course, Northerners, you need to wear your heavy coat. I mean, that, that's kind of how they're talking about this on social media. But I, I guess the question is, you know, what is the um, what's it like out on I-40? You said people are just out and about and they're just milling about the, the freeway, the highway. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I exaggerate just a little bit. I saw several people out of their cars just kind of leaning against guardrails in their heavy coats. Yep. Uh, but but I would say this in defense of my brethren in the South. And I have I did live in Connecticut for about nine months. And I recognize uh, that northerners are a lot better prepared for this type of thing because it happens more often. But in our defense in the South, yes. what typically happens that causes these types of quags is that a storm system comes in and it begins as rain, which is what happened here, and it converts over. And so all of that rainfall that happened initially turns into ice when everything freezes over. And I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. You can drive on snow if you're experienced, but driving on ice is a completely different animal, two-wheel drives or four-wheel drives. And I think that's what happened uh, to traffic here. My concern is that after two plus hours i've only moved about 50 yards dan so i uh i'm concerned uh that we're not seeing a lot of progress uh in terms of our movement i was going to do a little experiment i got a lot of truckers around me i was hoping that we might have some truck drivers listening to red eye radio and they give me a honk after the delay happened so maybe that'll happen about 30 seconds or now but there is a lot of traffic it continues to back up and once again i just think uh this serves as uh you know as an action call to people uh that this storm is serious don't get out if you don't have to and and secondarily just have a go bag you know my wife told me matt you should have a go bag honey here get some stuff together in case something happens and i'm like dear come on i mean you know what i'm talking about dan come oh, on I you're sure being do. ridiculous <laughs> There's nothing going to happen. I'm 10 miles away from the radio station. And uh, sure enough, I was digging through my wife-prepared go-bag moments ago to get some of the snacks that she put inside of the go-bag for me. So I'm uh, I'm good to go. I got water. I got energy drink. I got snacks. I just don't have a radio station to do red-eye radio from. Well, let me, I mean, I... <laughs> Listen, don't drink too much liquid, man. I mean, I don't know how you go <laughs> to the bathroom. We probably should just move on. Uh, Matt, just listen, seriously, take your time and uh, just be safe. And when you when you get here, you get here and uh, we'll just keep the uh, the seat warm and the microphone going until you get there. OK, 
Well, Dan, in all sincerity, thank you so much for being there. I appreciate you uh, as a boss locally in Nashville, and I know uh, the Red Eye Radio Nation appreciates you, appreciates you as a voice uh, in the absence of Eric and uh, Gary. I was trying to give you some relief during your vacation, man, so I'll do what I can to get this. <laughs> all right, man, thanks. Matt Murphy there. Live calling from I-40. I believe it's uh, westbound right around uh, 24-440 split near Spence Lane, and this is going on. All across the country, and um, as Matt was saying, I mean, th- this uh, the same scenario is playing out uh, across the country. You've got Chicago and Denver's airports; they say are going to be the worst affected by the travel chaos ahead of Christmas. Again, you've got Chicago, you've got New York, Kentucky, Missouri, Oklahoma, Georgia, North Carolina. All are calling for states of emergency, and you never really know what you're going to get. I mean, here in uh, Middle Tennessee, in Nashville, uh, where I am and where Matt is, I'm in my basement uh, safe, uh, safely and nice and warm, and Matt, of course, again, is out battling the elements on 40. But, you know, you're talking about... Um, You don't really know. Okay, so are you going to get snow, which is easier to drive on than ice? Are you going to get are you going to get uh, ice or is it going to pass you by? Now, obviously, uh, we know what happened to Matt and uh, hopefully everyone's okay. I've been stuck on roads like Matt is right now when I lived in Denver, Colorado, and uh, I lived there for several years. And it is no fun. And it's interesting, too, because. It's one thing to be able to say, well, I can drive on the roads, no problem at all. And, and you know, Matt or someone probably could. There's probably a lot of truckers stuck out there on I-40 right now who are, are just wanting to go, wanting to travel, want to get moving again. But the problem is that all of a sudden now what happens is you can't move because you've got the, the wreck and the ice ahead of you. Now they're trying to deal with a couple of different things. And again, this is not a a Middle Tennessee or Nashville thing. This is going on all across the country. I bet you there's a lot of truckers right now that are listening to Red High Radio and, and they're dealing with the same thing. So the authorities have to deal with worsening conditions, right? Because they've got the ice and I haven't looked outside lately, but you know, earlier, I mean, it was snowing and icing where I live in, uh, in Mount Juliet, hopefully in Tennessee here. I, I don't, I hope we don't have power outages, but that was a bit of a worry, uh, here in middle Tennessee as well. But you've got to deal with the worsening conditions. You have to deal with the traffic. You've got to deal with trying to salt the roads. Oh, and by the way, you've got a, a multi-vehicle accident that you're trying to deal with as well. And hopefully no one is hurt. We'll continue to keep you updated on the weather all across America here on Red Eye Radio. The phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. My name is Dan Mandis. Uh, you uh, perhaps know me as I've filled in for Gary and Eric uh, many times over the last several years. I host a morning show on Super Talk, 99.7 WTN, here in uh, Middle Tennessee. And um, you can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. Now, as far as uh, other news to uh, talk about, well, we do have the situation with the budget, the Senate uh, passing a $1.7 trillion budget. We will talk about uh, that. And uh, I've got to tell you, one of my favorite senators, uh, you folks listening in Louisiana, is John Kennedy. And he had a few things to say about what the Senate did. We're going to talk about that going to talk about the border. There's all kinds of things that uh, are up for discussion here on Red Eye Radio. Again, the phone number is 
866-907-3339. We'll return next. It pays to have a tire maintenance routine, especially during the winter driving season. Between black ice and heavy snowfall, winter weather can impact your tires and your productivity in a number of ways. Here's a tire maintenance tip to help you avoid downtime and roll safely through winter. Check your tire pressure during every pre-trip inspection and make sure they're properly inflated according to the manufacturer's recommendations. Cold weather naturally causes tire pressure to decrease, and underinflated tires can wear faster and impact your fuel efficiency. Maintaining proper tire pressure is essential to maximizing the performance, safety, and lifespan of truck tires. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Six six ninety red eye is the phone number eight six six nine zero seven thirty three thirty nine Dan Mandis in for Gary and uh, Eric. So you may have heard that, um, despite the fact that we are we are mired in massive inflation here at Christmas time, and there is just Americans are going through you are going through an incredibly hard time. But despite all that. The Senate decided in their infinite wisdom to pass a $1.7 trillion, that is with a T, $1.7 trillion spending bill in, of course, a bid to avert yet another government shutdown. Now, first of all, I got to tell you that I am so tired of the government just passing these bills and kicking kicking the can down the road again and again and again and again. And nowhere does the government ask itself, and I, I apologize, I get so riled up over this stuff, nowhere does the government, nowhere does Mitch McConnell, nowhere does Chuck Schumer, nowhere does Nancy Pelosi, nowhere do they ever hold themselves accountable to, I don't know, maybe stop spending I don't know, maybe try and somehow actually balance the budget. They, they don't try to do any of that. Knowing full well that the American people are suffering, knowing full well that you are suffering as we head into Christmas time. And, and many families out there, many families simply cannot even afford to buy what they want or need during this holiday season. Yet they, in their infinite wisdom, just decided to go ahead and spend a boatload of money on this uh, budget. Of course, you know that in the uh, House of Representatives, uh, still run by the Democrats, they will clearly pass the $1.7 trillion spending bill as well. One person who was incredibly angry about this is um, John Kennedy. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, he is one of my favorite senators. John Kennedy, uh, the senator from Louisiana, uh, he put together a video, and this is what he had to say about the $1.7 trillion spending bill, realizing that more than likely many Americans can identify with how John Kennedy feels. Listen. The United States Senate has passed a, a budget for the federal government for next year. Uh, I, I expect the, the uh, uh, House of Representatives, which is controlled 
also by the Democratic Party to uh, to concur in the uh, the Senate's proposal. I voted against the budget, and I wanted to explain to the people in Louisiana why. Uh, number one, this budget was basically put together by three people: Senator McConnell in the Senate, Senator Schumer in the Senate, and Speaker Pelosi in the House. But but more to the point, here here's the the main reason I voted against the budget: inflation. As I've said before, inflation is, is, is ravaging the American dream. It's a cancer on the American dream. And we're not going to get control of it until Congress stops spending so much money. Ha! Congress, in order to get control of inflation, has got to spend less money. We've got to slow the rate of growth of uh, spending and debt. Um, now, look, I'm not naive. There, there are many people here in Washington, not just on the Democratic side. There are many big government Republicans as well. And their, their attitude is we can't possibly spend enough money. Uh, if they ran out of money to spend and, and couldn't borrow, uh, any more, they would, they would think about taking out a, a reverse mortgage on Alaska to get the money. Uh, but there are enough Republicans, uh, on the Capitol Hill, uh, for us to be able to slow the rate of growth of spending. And this bill didn't do that. Yeah, and I think part of the apathy, there's, a, there's a lot of apathy across America. Where people just, they see these stories and they see these numbers and they just, they throw up their hands because what could they possibly do, right? What can they possibly do? People get angry. And I think that is where people start to ultimately feel like it doesn't matter who they send to Washington, D.C. The swamp is the swamp and the swamp will do what the swamp will do. By the way, what is in this uh, $1.7 trillion spending bill? Well, you've got uh, billions, $45 billion in emergency assistance to Ukraine and NATO allies. Now, we know the controversy here because we have spent more money on Ukraine and protecting Ukraine than we have on our own border. I think that everyone knows that at this point. If you care enough about the border, you know that we have spent what I would say is a fairly insignificant amount of money trying to protect our border, and we have uh, billions and billions and billions of dollars going into the black hole known as Ukraine. And then you've got Vladimir Zelensky, who goes to Washington, D.C., and demands more money, more money, more money. It's like it's never ending. And when I saw the headlines about how he is coming to Ukraine, uh, coming to the White House uh, on our dime, by the way, and he says, well, yeah, thanks for the $45 billion, not to mention the billions and billions that you've already given, but it's just a drop in the bucket as far as what we really need. And I thought... What an ungrateful SOB. And listen, I'm not pro-Vladimir Putin by any stretch of the imagination. But it's like here we are, mired in, some would say, a recession. I don't know why this seems to be a, a big conversation, a big debate, whether, whether or not you believe that we're in a recession or not. I will tell you that times are tough for the American people, and again, we keep giving Ukraine more and more and more money, billions 
and billions of dollars. By the way, don't forget that Ukraine is uh, still one of the most corrupt nations in the world. And so the question is, where is all this money going? Now, whenever I go down this road, I always, you know, get the emails, I get the 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 tweets and so forth. Oh, Mandis must be pro Vladimir Putin. I'm not. But at what point will we be done with all of this? I mean, $45 billion in addition to all of the billions we've already given Ukraine. And you have Vladimir Zelensky saying that's only a drop in the bucket of what we really demand, what we really need. Meantime, our border is absolutely wide open. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, here is Dan Mandis. 86690 Red Eyes, the phone number, 866907 3339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric here on Red Eye Radio. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. Forgive my rant. I'm just, I listen, I realize it is a couple of days before Christmas, but I do feel like, and then I promise I'm going to move on, but I, I do feel like the American people should really take umbrage with the Senate passing this $1.7 trillion. Uh, year-long federal government spending bill, and uh, this happened uh, Thursday afternoon, sending it to the House for a vote before federal funding lapses on Friday night, according to uh, CNN. So here's the thing with this spending bill. I'm going to tell you what's in it, but you know, you know who doesn't know what's in this? Your lawmaker who voted for this, your lawmaker, your senator had absolutely no idea what was in this bill. The only people that know what's in this bill, it's going to be the um, three people who 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 made it, who who created it. That's going to be Nancy Pelosi. That's going to be Chuck Schumer. And that is going to be Mitch McConnell, because this thing is over 4000 pages <laughs> Yeah, 4,000 pages from CNN. However, the bill, which runs more than 4,000 pages, did leave out several measures that some lawmakers had fought to include, an expansion of the child tax credit, as well as multiple other corporate and individual tax breaks, did not make it into the final bill. Neither did legislation to allow cannabis companies to bank their cash reserves, known as the Safe Banking Act, or a bill to help Afghanistan evacuees in the U.S. gain lawful permanent residency. And the spending package did not include a White House request for roughly $10 billion in additional funding for COVID-19. But the bottom line is that when you look at all of this, when you look at all of this spending, and you think, what is it that you can't do 
yet again, not to belabor the point, but Congress just in the in the, the Senate and the Democrats in the House of Representatives, they just have no interest in trying to do anything other than spend more money. That That's all that they care about. They don't care about saving money or let alone possibly even balancing a budget. The Senate passed the $1.7 trillion year-long uh, package. It includes $772.5 billion for non-defense discretionary programs and $858 billion in defense funding, according to a bill uh, summary. So as the evening goes on, and again, Dan Mandis here filling in for Gary and Eric. I'm actually filling in for Matt Murphy who was supposed to fill in for Gary and Eric. Matt, unfortunately, like uh, m- many people across the nation, hopefully not you, but he is stuck on a highway here in Middle Tennessee, and he can't move because there was a major accident. So we'll um, we'll continue to monitor the weather here at uh, Red Eye Radio. You've got uh, massive ice and snowstorms across America, and uh, we do have, uh, obviously, major highways that are closed across America as the weather does uh, continue to uh, pummel. Uh, the weather does continue to pummel America. There is a lot of... Um, A lot of other stories we want to talk about. Joe Biden, can I just I'm going to play this for you very quickly. And I'm worried about the president. Now, realize I I just got done talking about this one point seven trillion dollar spending bill that um, that the Senate has passed. It's going to go to the House and they'll, of course, pass it as well. And and you know what? Who knows? They may try to attack attack on more billions of dollars in spending and then it'll have to go back to the Senate. But but. What's interesting is, I just told you it's 4,000 pages long. This guy is going to ultimately have to read this bill, comprehend this bill, and then sign the bill. And, you know, uh, um, I think that there's a... That's uh, the the president of the United States. Can I ask you a question? Do you really think that that this guy... And, you know, uh, um, I think that there's a... Do you really think that Joe Biden is is capable of reading and understanding 4,000 pages of this spending plan? Do you really think that he can? See, I don't think that he can. And I don't want to belabor the point on Joe Biden because I know that many people, maybe perhaps Gary and Eric, many people have said the same thing that I'm about to say, which is for... Many years, four years that Donald Trump was uh, the president of the United States, you did have the Democrats screaming for the 25th Amendment because they said that the president, just President Donald Trump, just, you know, he was a narcissist. He was the narcissist in chief, not to mention all of his other uh, mental and, and psychological deficiencies that they said the president had. Yet no one is talking about Joe Biden right now. And, you know, uh, um, I think that there's a... I mean, he sounds he sounds so utterly confused. And the last time I was on the radio, which I'm going to be honest with you because I'm in the middle of a vacation, it was days ago now. But there was an audio bite out there of uh, the president, and he was out there talking about whatever it was. And he just, he has this this really tired sound to him. I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but I got to tell you. And, you know, uh, um, 
I think that there's a... If you watch The Walking Dead, this is what the zombies... And you know... uh, This is what the zombies in The Walking Dead um, sound like. I think that there's a... That's the president of the United States that perhaps is going to be able to somehow understand what the hell is in the $4,000 or 4,000 page spending bill worth $1.7 trillion. By the way, I will allow the president to attempt to complete a thought. I've been in and out, not as uh, obviously combatant, but in and out of Afghanistan, Iraq and his areas 38, 39 times. As not as president, only twice as president, but from the time I was a senator, but particularly when I was vice president. What, I mean, what, just you, 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 you hear him. First of all, this is a lie. I call him on my local show in Nashville, Tennessee. I call Joe Biden Lion, Lion Biden. But um, he just there's there's something about his state of mind where he just he, he sounds like he either needs drugs or is on drugs. And, you know, uh, um. I think that there's a... And that is the American president, and it is scary. And there there are people, even on the Democrat side of the aisle, that are worried about the president. Because there's a couple of different issues. I mean, this, this one, how long is this sound? This soundbite is 24 seconds long. And I probably could have edited this down to like 10 seconds to form a somewhat of a coherent thought. But But this is the president of the United States. And it is abundantly clear that he's not all there, that he is cognitively challenged, yet nobody has anything on the left and nobody has anything really to say about it. Some Democrats are sort of quietly talking about the president and questioning his state of mind. But, you know, in in reality, the president just is not doing well. And if you've been watching him for particularly the last couple of years when he took the oath of office, we have seen his decline. There's a new book out, by the way, and I'm not going to get into big details right now, but there is a new book out right now, and it's chronicling the president. And they they say in this book, and I'll tell you about that, uh, you know, coming up a little bit later on, but the crux of the book is that the president is really, really, really angry about what's happening on the southern southern border. And when I hear that, when I hear that the president is angry about what's going on on or not going on on the southern border, uh, my question would be, well, Mr. President, you knew what would happen when you came into office and you effectively opened the border, which is exactly what he did, you know, doing everything he could to tear down the remain in Mexico policy, of course, Title 42 as well. We all know what's going on with the Border Patrol. He basically told ICE to stop doing their job as well. The Border Patrol is absolutely overwhelmed. And supposedly the president is really upset about that, although you really can't tell. And, you know, uh, he just sounds like um, he I think that there's uh, just needs a nap. It's 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Dan Madison for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Dan Mandis, 
in for Eric and Gary. Thank you very much for being here. The phone number, by the way, Merry Christmas, 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number, 866-907-3339. Uh, looks like Matt is in North Carolina on Red Eye Radio. Matt, go ahead. Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir, Dan. We've spoken before uh, a few times, remember? I I appreciate you calling in. I, I talked to a lot of folks, but I appreciate you calling in. Go ahead. I got it. WTKF 107.1 FM. Anyway, one of the interesting things about this pork belly, whatever they passed. Sure. Um, one of them is $56 million, if you didn't know this, to study how salmon reproduce. Aside from protecting everyone else's border but ours. This is crazy. Biden needs to be impeached, not Trump. What's your oh, opinion? Yeah, no, Matt, I, I appreciate the call. We we could, and I'm. I mean, if I if I had more time, I would go through uh, as much as I could all of the very bizarre. Because I've done it before. You know, Matt Matt is talking about um, the, this salmon spawning study, and I'll see if I can during the uh, top of the hour. I, I've not heard that one, but you hear these stories all the time. It's like, okay, so what is the justification? for spending millions of dollars to study the the spawning of salmon what like why do we need to know that and you see these studies all the time and the millions of dollars that we pay for this kind of thing when as as Matt said and he is he is certainly uh, correct that we're giving you know 56 billion dollars to Ukraine uh, it's not even nearly enough and we're not protecting our own border i mean it goes on and on i i don't know the reason why i'm sure that somebody who is an advocate for this salmon spawning study could tell us exactly why it is in america's best interest for us to study the uh spawning habits of salmon but i'll see if i can find it at the top of the hour and just figure out exactly why it is that uh, we need to know that or why exactly it is that, um, you know, we're spending so much money on it. Matt, thank you very much for the call. Art is in Newport, Kentucky on Red Eye Radio. Go ahead, sir. Well, thank you for talking to me. I have a question for you. Would you like your sons and daughters or your aunt Patty or your cousin Michael fighting the Russians? I think uh, we give them all the money they need. So, hey, 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 Art, see, I deal with this all the time, where if you have the audacity, this is what's worrisome to me, Art, and, and I, want you, I want you to talk to me, okay? I don't want you to yell at me. I want you to talk okay. to me. So, okay. yeah, so I get what you're saying, and whenever someone like me questions how much yeah. is enough for Ukraine and when Zelensky comes to America and he is demanding more and more and more and more money, you have to ask the question, are we spending this money appropriately? And I know that people you know, will call up and say, oh, you're a, a Putin apologist and you're, you're a Putin puppet and you want Vladimir Putin to take over Europe. No, that's not what I want at all. My concern, though, Art, is that at some point, when number one, where what is the end game here? When will we have spent enough money on Ukraine? And remember, remember, Art, this is the most uh, or one of the most corrupt nations in the world, and we don't necessarily know 
where all of this money is going. And so my concern and the concern of many conservatives, and there's not one conservative out there that will tell you that we want Vladimir Putin to be able to take over Ukraine. But at the same time, there also has to be some sanity and some accountability to all of this. So so I will I will turn it back to you, Art, and I will ask you, how much do you want to spend on Ukraine? And I I get that it's a difficult conversation because nobody wants Vladimir Putin to win. I believe you. I believe you. You don't want uh, the Russians to win. And my question is. Uh, who do you want to fight them? Ukrainians have a good reason for fighting the Russians. Oh, sure. They're in soil. And they seem to be doing a pretty good job. And don't you think we have the CIA and other spies over there letting us know how they're spending the money? Actually, they're probably spending the money right here in the United States paying for the weapons we give them. Oh, yeah. They, we, could, we could go all day long about the military-industrial complex uh, trust me on that. Art, unfortunately, got to go. Great conversation. You bring up some absolutely valid points. 866-90-RED-EYE. 866-907-3339. Dan Mandison for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio, with talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. For Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, Dan Mandis, this is Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you listening. And the phone number is 866-90-RED-EYE. And uh, Gary and Eric, they are out uh, for this week. You can find out more about me on the Dan Mandis Show Facebook page. I'm also on Twitter at Dan Mandis Show. And again, I always appreciate the opportunity to fill in. And I am filling in for the fill-in. My um, my co-worker in Nashville, Tennessee, I host a morning show on WTN Super Talk, 99.7 WTN. And uh, my uh, my buddy and co-worker, Matt Murphy, was supposed to be filling in uh, this evening. Unfortunately, like many people across uh, America, stuck on a ice-laden highway. He spent a couple of hours there. And so now on I-40 westbound, a few folks in Middle Tennessee, right around Spence Lane, he was not moving for a couple of hours. Now, the good news is, and so I was uh, woken up out of a dead sleep and came out uh, and came down to the basement to um, try and attempt a, a nationwide talk show while I'm on at NyQuil suffering from my own cold. So uh, hopefully Matt will be here maybe by about one thirty or so and appreciate uh, your patience and listening to Red Eye Radio. Now, there is a, a number of things going on. First of all, the guy called up at the uh, end of the previous hour, and he was incensed, he was angry that um, in the $1.7 trillion budget that was passed by the Senate, we'll see where it goes in the House of Representatives. I'm assuming that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats will uh, pass it, and then on it'll go to President Joe Biden, who will uh, pass it as well. $45 billion, by the way, going to Ukraine. More on that in a second. But a guy was incensed because they are spending millions of dollars, uh, apparently, on the spawning habits of salmon. 
And he, he you know, I, I don't know why it is that we're spending millions of dollars on the spawning habits of salmon. But here's what they say. This is from uh, the Peninsula Daily News. And he asked if, if I knew why exactly it is that we're spen- spending all of this money on uh, the spawning habits of salmon. I don't know why that is. But apparently, this is what they say, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has given groups on the North Olympic Peninsula $18.7 million to remove barriers and replace culverts to improve fish passage and infrastructure in the region. Apparently, what's going on is that they have a a lot of old... um, I don't know, dams and barriers and so forth. And so these salmon, they can't make it to their spawning grounds. And so what they need to do is they need to be able to reach their spawning ground so that they can spawn. And then you can, you know, have more little salmon, I guess, swimming around. And that is means a lot to the local economy. The local economy, I, I guess that's what's going on. They say the primary peninsula beneficiaries of the funding, which was championed by U.S. Senator Maria, Maria Cantwell, a Democrat, of course, and uh, U.S. Representative Derek Kilmer, a Democrat as well. And apparently they have been, you know, doing whatever they can to get millions of dollars in funding to help the salmon spawn. I Listen, I'm just I'm telling you, I don't understand it. So. Basically, we're spending millions of dollars to remove these barriers, but we're not spending millions of dollars to put barriers on our southern border. That's the only thing that I can uh, I can. Now, what I don't know. And I'm trying to figure this out because I just pulled this up. This is in the Pacific Northwest. I wonder where exactly this is. I'm going to try and do uh, this is probably in like maybe Oregon. Uh, Mount Lake Terrace. Where is Mount Lake Terrace? I'm going to try and Google. I'm just, I'm dying of curiosity now. Mount Lake, Washington State. So the city of Washington, the state of Washington uh, is where all of this is going on. So, you know, and you you see these things all across the country and it it drives you nuts whenever you hear, you know, that we're spending millions of dollars on this and billions of dollars on that. And then you try to, you try and make sense of, how is it in our national best interest to spend money on you know the the spawning uh, the spawning habits of salmon? Well, it is obviously to help the local economy there in the state of Washington. And you know you, you look at this and you it's just sort of a head scratcher. Why exactly do we need to spend this money? And I guarantee you that if I got this uh, senator or or I got this congressperson on the radio. They would give me 15 different reasons as to why it is, you know, my responsibility as a taxpayer in, uh, you know, Middle Tennessee to fund the study to help the salmon spawn. I Listen, this is unfortunately one of those moments where as a talk show host and as a taxpayer, it is frustrating because there's so many different things that we as Americans should be spending our money on. And I'm here to tell you, this sure as heck isn't one of them. Meantime, we have all kinds of other things going on. A guy called me up in the previous hour 
And uh, by the way, again, Dan Mandis filling in for Gary and Eric here for hopefully the next uh, half hour or so. Guy called up and I knew this was going to happen when I said we are spending in the new budget. If that's what you want to call it, one point seven trillion dollars, we are spending forty five billion on uh, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. And Vladimir Zelensky, he came to, you know, Washington, D.C. this week on our dime. And he is saying, OK, well, hey, you know, thanks for the forty five trillion. However, you know, that's just I believe I believe the comment was that it was just a drop in the bucket of what Ukraine needs. And so my comment was, and I knew this was going to happen, a nice guy called up and he said, you know, would you rather have your family members, he said to me, Dan Mattis, would you rather have your family members battling Russia? And no, I don't. But the question has got to be asked, and I don't know, see, this is the problem, is I don't know what the right answer is. I mean, do I want Vladimir Putin to be able to take over Ukraine? Of course not. And every time you you dare, you know what it's almost starting to feel like? Now, I don't want to go down this really dark path, and I probably shouldn't with, uh, you know, just a few minutes left for me before Matt Murphy's on here and uh, he begins to fill in for Eric and Gary. So I don't I don't know if I want to drop this bomb uh, for Matt to have to clean up. But but it's almost like covid. Here's what I mean by that. You'll recall that during COVID, if you dared question Dr. Anthony Fauci, you wanted people to die. Remember that whole thing? Now, what, what I always reference back to is the, the Great Barrington Project, if I remember. It's the Great Barrington Papers, where you, you had these very respected scientists and they were out there saying that it would be it would be terrible. It would be absolutely terrible if we locked America down, if we locked the world down, because the consequences of that lockdown will be absolutely worse than anything that covid could uh, inflict upon the world. And they were discredited. Their careers were ruined. Their lives were ruined. Their income was cut to absolutely nothing. They were effectively canceled. Well, as it turns out, um, they were right. And and they know that they were right. The Great Barrington Declaration is what it was. The Great Barrington Declaration. And so it turns out that all of their dire predictions, all of their dire warnings were correct. Correct. Yet what happened? They were told that they wanted people to die. And so when you have the audacity to say, how much are we going to give Ukraine and when is this going to end? Is there any real accountability to this money? Where is it going to and and when will it end? And Zelensky and Putin, they're not willing to talk to each other. And so this is just this never-ending black hole of America funding the war in Ukraine, which, by the way, again, not to belabor the point, but is an incredibly corrupt nation. And so if you dare say that, 
then we get calls like the one that I took at the end of the last hour where the guy is basically saying, what, you want uh, Americans to go fight that war? Well, first of all, if America was uh, going to fight that war, we would probably end it pretty damn quick. That's number one. But then, of course, you don't know what China's going to do. There's so many layers to all of this, but the the indignation of people when the when you have the audacity to even question if we're doing the right thing, just questioning it means that you're a Putin puppet. Means that you want to allow Vladimir Putin to restore the Soviet Union. No. But see, that's where we seem to be in this country right now, where if you if you question, I don't know who it would be, but if you ask questions, the man, whoever the man is, it seems like it's the Democrats, but whoever, then you deserve to be vilified, as opposed to simply just having a conversation. Uh, very quickly, uh, let's say hello to, this is Anthony in Pittsburgh on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Nice to hear you. Um, two things about the border. First, I think it's the most important issue we have facing us, the greatest crisis, because if you finish the wall, you cut down on the illegals coming in, which are obviously draining the finances, both federal and state level. You cut down on the ones who are criminals coming in. You Well, you're not going to eliminate the drugs, but you'll get at least most of the drugs, a lot of them not coming in so easily. So that's like one of the biggest things going. But the other part about it is, how come no one from the media or the government goes to like Venezuela and South America and find out why aren't these people emigrating to Colombia or Peru or Argentina? Well, because they know that they're going to get all kinds of free stuff from America. I mean, that, that that's the bottom line is... When you're Joe Biden, when you're the president and you put out there that, um, you know, you're, you're it, it's easy to come across. We will help you come across. We won't test you for covid. And by the way, when you get here, we'll educate your children. We'll give you clothing and we'll feed you and we'll give you all kinds of uh, opportunity to just dissolve into America. I mean, that's why they're coming here. And frankly, I would rather live here than Peru or Argentina or whatever other cities and nations, I should say, you mentioned. I absolutely would. But see, you, you have Kamala Harris, who was supposed to, you know, go to Honduras. She was supposed to go to El Salvador. She was supposed to, you know, go to these nations where you have people coming into our country. And she was going to find out Guatemala as well. She was going to find out why is it people are coming to America? What what are the what are the core reasons for all of this illegal immigration? Well, I mean, duh. It's because we invite it. That's why they're coming. And it's going to continue to get worse and continue to get worse and continue to get worse. And Mitch McConnell, a Republican, doesn't seem to give a crap. 86690 Red Eye, 8669073339. Dan Mandis in for Gary and Eric. This is Red Eye Radio. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. 
Because they are removing snow and applying sand, salt, or other road treatments, snow plows travel at a slower rate of speed than other vehicles. All drivers should maintain a safe following distance of at least five to six car lengths behind a snowplow. This will help you avoid collisions as well as potential vehicle damage from the materials being thrown on the road. Don't pass a plow unless you absolutely have to, and never drive into the snow cloud. If you do have to pass a snow plow, do it in a safe and legal passing area that is clear of snow and ice. Make sure there's enough clearance to the side, as plows are wider than most vehicles, and portions of the plow and blade may not be visible due to blowing snow. If you encounter a snow plow approaching from the opposite direction along an undivided highway, pull as far over to the right side as is safe. This tip was brought to you by JJ Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Appreciate you listening to Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. So I, I want to play you this audio bite, and I, f- I, find this, uh, <laughs> I-, I find this fascinating. When Mitch McConnell came out, and he-, he said this a couple of days ago, where the number one priority of America is funding Ukraine. Listen. Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. You know, I, I don't I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, screams nationwide that Mitch McConnell is uh, an idiot two days before Christmas. I really don't want to be that guy. So I'm not going to scream it. But I am going to say that Mitch McConnell is an idiot. And you wonder why we have a situation in America right now where Republicans just don't seem to be all that um, excited about going to the polls. I mean, look what happened in the last uh, in the midterm election. Look what happened there where we did not take the Senate and we barely got the House just by the skin of our teeth. It's because of comments like this, where the the leader of the Republican Party in the Senate says that the Republicans' number one priority is protecting Ukraine, conversely, not protecting America and not protecting our borders and, and everything that goes with that. I mean, when you talk about the border, you talk about not only the illegals coming in, but you also talk about the drugs coming in as well. We don't know who is coming in. I mean, we all know the story. I mean, you listen to Gary and Eric and you listen to talk radio. I don't have to go through the, the same talking points over and over again. But when the Republicans and, and people like Mitch McConnell sit here and they criticize for example, the, the quality of the candidates that were running for the Senate, for example. And you can talk about Dr. Oz. You can speak about Herschel Walker and so forth. And, you know, he, he, he may have a point. 
But then I would turn around and I would say back to Mitch McConnell, what about you, Mitch? What about the quality of your priorities? Because, Mitch, your priorities are completely screwed up. Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now. You know what I would ask Mitch McConnell? What Republicans are out there, besides you, what Republicans are going to say that battling uh, Russia and and protecting Ukraine while at the same time not protecting our southern border? I, I would like to know from Mitch McConnell what what Republicans are saying that. Because we would like to vote them out. And again, I'm not saying and I feel like I have to continuously throw out this uh, disclaimer I'm not saying that I want Vladimir Putin to take over Ukraine. But you know what? We, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Sure, we help Ukraine. But you know what? We need to help out our nation and protect our nation as well. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. are open 1-866-907-3339 866-90-RED-EYE now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley here is Dan Mandis Thank you very much 866-90-RED-EYE is the phone number 866-907-3339 uh, by the way just a, a quick programming note uh, f- f- thankfully if you've been listening throughout the uh, broadcast so far this morning Matt Murphy was supposed to be filling in and he was stuck on I-40 here in Middle Tennessee because of a big sheet of ice and multiple accidents on I-40 as America contends with snow Mageddon or ice Mageddon, depending on where you are. Matt has now made it to the studio, and uh, I believe that he'll be coming up here uh, very soon. So just to let you know, I will be filling in for... Gary and Eric next week, uh, Tuesday through Friday here on Red Eye Radio. And uh, I always look forward to that. It's uh, such an honor to uh, be affiliated with such a successful program. Uh, Not successful, I would say, is Mitch McConnell, at least in what he had to say about America's priorities. Listen to this. Making sure the Defense Department can deal with the major threats coming from Russia and China, providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the th- challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. You Making know, he, sure. Yeah, he, he said those are the challenges confronting the country. Which country? Because I, I can name, you know, three or four different challenges just right off the top of my head that I would see as more of a challenge than uh, the situation with Ukraine. I'm not saying that it's not important. 
But what I am saying is we have a hundred and something thousand Americans that are dying of fentanyl coming across our southern border every single year. I can tell you that inflation is still taking a big bite out of our paychecks. I can tell you that crime across America continues to explode, specifically, by the way, in a lot of these Democrat-run cities. So when Mitch McConnell says... The challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment... Well, those challenges confronting the country at the moment, I mean, for most Americans, Ukraine is way over there. And many of us know that our economy right now is not doing well. We've got companies that are beginning to lay off and, of course, all of the other things that I have just mentioned. So we'll continue to uh, talk about those uh, issues and a whole lot more on Red Eye Radio. I want to get to some of these calls, 866-90-RED-EYE. Rodney is in South Charleston, West Virginia on Red Eye Radio. Hello, Rodney. How are you? Hello, sir. I enjoy your program, sir. It's very informative. Um, I wanted to, to, the first thing I wanted to mention briefly is that when the illegals were coming, when this all started, President Biden, they were flying them to different cities uh, in the country. And there's some people in, in certain cities that are very unhappy about it. But the main thing is that I hear very little about, but I've heard accurate reports back over what period of time that the illegals that come in in violation of uh, entry, um, they just come in and they vote Democrats. Uh, and that's that was stopped under President Trump. I'm an independent, but it was stopped under President Trump. And now by the however many millions it is now that's come into our country, uh, uh, are fly, you know, they're, they're helped, you know, they're, well, they're, they've been flown to different cities and they vote, they vote Democrat. They're told to vote Democrat. I've heard accurate reports that I believe right. about well, well, what I would say, Rodney, appreciate the call. And basically how it's working is this is they come into our country. They're waiting for the next amnesty. And then ultimately they will be given the right to vote. And in, in some areas, uh, they are already allowed to vote in some local elections. And so you are absolutely right there. By the way, in my uh, town, in my state of Tennessee, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Big headline over the last couple of days. And um, I host a morning show on WTN here in Nashville. Headline, Governor Bill Lee, the feds are planning to transport some migrants to Tennessee as Title 42 ends. Now, uh, we here in Nashville We're no strangers to having illegals flown into our state uh, in the middle of the night. We're no strangers to that at all. Uh, Federal officials may plan to transport some migrants to Tennessee, according to the Tennessean, amid an ongoing legal battle over immigration policy. I I would ask, and I'm on vacation this week, but I I would ask the governor, so will we be sending these illegal aliens to these illegal uh, immigrants will will we be sending them to uh, Washington DC i would like to send them to uh, you know you name the the democrat run city whether it's washington dc whatever sanctuary city is closest to us maybe chicago let's just send them there i mean th- this is a situation that is untenable and everybody knows what's going on in el paso And so for Republican-run and conservative cities, 
uh, like net, like uh, well, conservative states like uh, Tennessee, and uh, we have uh, Nashville and Memphis here in Tennessee that are Democrat run. But I mean, let's face it. We need to do what Texas has done. We need to do what Florida has done. Let's send these illegals to those states and those cities that proudly proclaim themselves as sanctuary cities and sanctuary states. Uh, why would we not? Let's say hello to this is uh, Phil in Fredericksburg on um, Red Eye Radio. Hello, Phil. Hey, look, uh, <laughs> this bill they just passed, I mean... I'm amazed how fast Mitch McConnell got involved as soon as the incoming House Republicans said, hey, look, maybe we should slow down here and we should look what's in this bill. As soon as they said that, Mitch McConnell jumped off of his little toadstool and he ran down to Chuck Schumer and he said, oh, oh we've we got to try to get this passed before they get into the House. Uh, We've got to pass this. And I'm telling you, that bill was $100 billion at least of cash given away to foreign countries of our money without any controls. It's such a ripoff. It's unbelievable. It also has provisions to rewrite the tax code, I mean, the uh, voting codes in favor of the federal government against states' rights. This is going to be a disaster. Mitch McConnell made sure it got passed. And all these people who signed on to this thing, we need to vote them the heck out of Congress. Phil, let me let me ask you, um, when we see these stories and when we see that the Republican leader in the Senate is saying that our number one priority is uh, funding the war in Ukraine uh, against Russia, does that because you sound fired up. So I want to I want to specifically ask you, Phil, in Fredericksburg, Virginia, this question. Are you more or less motivated to vote in 2024? Oh, I'm definitely motivated to vote in 2024, but the Republicans need to get together and get unified, and we need to have a message that we can give to the American people that unifies the American people against this craziness. I mean, you've got uh, baby formula that we can't get. You've got supply problems. You've got – it's just a huge mess. In only two and a half years, they have destroyed our economy, the Democrats, and they are intentionally doing it. I couldn't believe they gave $40 billion to other countries to secure their borders, but they're not securing our border. I, it's an I, insult of the highest order. I, and, Phil, I, I agree, and I appreciate it. See, that's the interesting question, right? So one of the issues that we had during the midterm elections was that people, well, there I mean, so many, and I don't have the time to get into it all, but, you know, one of the things that we, we had an issue with was, uh, quite frankly, People who are conservatives and Republicans, they weren't motivated to go vote. And and also we had uh, people that, um, you know, everybody, all Republicans, and conservatives, we love to vote on Election Day, as Gary and Eric, I believe, has said, you know, the, the Democrats are much better at, uh, you know, getting out and, and, and harvesting votes. And so by the time Election Day actually rolls around, They've already got, you know, collectively millions of, of votes that are, you know, basically they're ready for the counting by the time the uh, by the time Election Day arrives. And, and so that's part of the problem is that they just they are able to play the game. They're able to ballot harvest. They're able to go out and, and get those votes and, and legal, illegal, otherwise, whatever. 
bottom line is they are able to do this. And it's obviously frustrating for those of us on the right because, quite frankly, they're outplaying us. That's number one. But number two is stupid comments like what Mitch McConnell made. To me, that is that is a um, a lesson in, in voter uh, suppression right there in the sense that Republicans are so dejected. Conservatives are so dejected right now because of comments like what Mitch McConnell made, saying that for Republicans, their number one priority is Ukraine. Are you kidding me? Really? But see, that's evidenced by the amount of money that we've given to Ukraine. So not only by Mitch McConnell's words, but also by his actions, that is precisely why uh, why Republicans and conservatives say, well, screw it. Why even bother to vote because or go to the polls? Because this is the kind of jackhole mentality that the Republicans have. And I realize not all Republicans agree with Mitch McConnell. And I totally understand that. But at the same time, this is what we are dealing with as the leader uh, in the Senate for the Republican Party. This is his uh, mentality. Let's see here. This is uh, John in Redondo Beach, California. John, thanks for calling in to uh, Red Eye Radio. Yes, hi, Dan. Um, I wanted to comment on, I told my your screener initially that I was interested, that I was supporting funding of the salmon spawning uh, studies. And I realized I'm really not. And the reason I'm not is because it's completely self-evident that we should get rid of hydroelectrical dams, which are inefficient and allow salmon to flow up the streams. We should be using, taxpayers should be using the most efficient energy sources, which are nuclear power. Oh, we, or, we can't, we uh, can't have that, John. <laughs> I know. Right. And fossil fuels at this point in time. That's where we should be spending our money. So, uh, I also have a quick comment on the Ukraine, if you'd like, for it. Yeah, go ahead real quick. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, this is a David versus Goliath, and it's kind of would be, it's fun to fund it for that reason. But the real reason to fund it is because uh, China is our most dangerous enemy. China and Russia are allies. The weaker Russia is, the, the better for us, and the less that China will be aggressive. Well, at least we hope. I- well, and, and, and I, and, and yes, and that's, you know, in the, and John, I appreciate the call and I appreciate your comments. See, you're, you're right. It, it, as I said in the monologue about, about uh, Russia and Ukraine, we don't know what China is going to do. We don't know if, you know, if we get involved in the war in Ukraine, which I'm not recommending, then you don't know what China is going to do. See, the situation with Ukraine and Russia, th- there is no good answer. See, that's, you know, what I what I said a couple of different times when I talked about the situation there is we just we keep giving billions and billions and billions of dollars. And you've got uh, Zelensky coming out and coming to America again on our dime and asking, demanding for more billions of dollars. And the the American people are asking the question, well, what about us? What about us and our priorities? And again, John, I appreciate the call. 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-907-3339. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
across America, it's Red Eye Radio, and a good morning or a good evening, depending on where you may be across the Fruited Plain. I'm Matt Murphy for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, and boy, oh boy, what an adventure to get here. Thank you for being with us tonight on Red Eye Radio across the country, and I got to tell you, what an adventure it has been for me over the last couple of hours. Thank you so much to Dan Mandis for filling in for me as I attempt to fill in for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. Garrick and Eric, uh, Gary and Eric uh, do such a tremendous job on a nightly basis, and it's such an honor to be able to uh, fill in for them, to be asked to fill in for them. Uh, and so it was uh, with that honor in mind that I set out on my adventure about 9.30 this evening. I broadcast typically from Nashville, Tennessee, Super Talk 99.7 WTN. I've not talked to many of you on Red Eye Radio for, oh, uh, many, many months uh, now since I filled in for Eric and Gary, and I filled in from time to time over the years, primarily uh, back in my day in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, that to say, I got in my car about 9.30 Central Time tonight, uh, preparing to head in early to make sure that I was all ready and prepared for five hours of what I hope to be radio excellence. Well, what happened next will be told to the Murphy children and the Murphy grandchildren for years to come. It was the quagmire on I-40 westbound uh, that will be known in my life as the time that I had to call up uh, Red Eye Radio and tell them I wasn't going to be there on time. It was an incredible adventure, folks, but it's happening all over the country, right? As this incredible blizzard uh, comes through the Canadian cold air uh, that happens supposedly once in a generation. I'll be able to tell you all about it uh, as we begin hour number three. Once again, thanks so much to Dan Mandis uh, for having my back here in Nashville. He's a great boss and he's a great talk show host as you on Red Eye Radio, well, no. We've got three hours to go. We'll open up the phone lines in just a moment at 866-90-RED-EYE, 866-90-RED-EYE. Fill again for Gary and Eric. It's Matt Murphy from Nashville, Tennessee on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio, Gary McNamara, and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Across America, it is Red Eye Radio, and I am Matt Murphy. And for Gary and Eric, and a good evening or a good morning, depending on where you might be listening, we appreciate you spending some time with us on Red Eye Radio. And a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to each and every one of you. My holiday season has gotten off to a kick. I'll tell you all about it. I want to thank for those listening in the first two hours of Red Eye Radio tonight. I want to thank Dan Mandis for filling in for me as I fill in for Gary and Eric, I know it's confusing, but I'll explain everything and we'll get you caught up with everything going on in the world of politics in Washington, D.C., across the nation and across the globe. And maybe have some Christmas fun as well as we enjoy our time together over the evening hours. So here's the deal. Uh, we heard about this bomb cyclone that was descending. That's what they were calling it. The bomb cyclone that was descending across the United States of America, that it could cause cancellations of flights all across the U.S., prior to the Christmas holiday. And, you know, the ones we need to think about the most this time of year, and I include myself in that number, are the procrastinators. Let us take a moment to remember the procrastinators who were planning on spending this Friday, December 23rd, shopping. Or maybe Saturday, December 24th, shopping. Well, many of you, whether you're in Nashville, where I'm broadcasting from on my normal 
in my normal position at Super Talk 99.7 WTN, one of the make, many great affiliates of Red Eye Radio. Let me tell you something. There's not going to be a lot of shopping in Nashville. There's not going to be a lot of shopping in Cincinnati or St. Louis or Chicago or Detroit or all points in between because the bomb cyclone has descended on us. And it got up close and personal with me about three, let's say four hours ago. Real quick, this story, because I think it's a microcosm of what's going on across the United States. And I like to refer to this as the thin veneer of American civilized society. We like to believe, and for the longest time in my life, I'm 49 years old, I believed that in America, maybe not in other countries around the world, but in the United States of America, a country born on the premise of personal responsibility, a country born on the premise that a man can get out and do his level best and make a job, make a living, raise a family, get a piece of land, build a house, have a a nice life in his little corner of the world, wherever it might be, in his little corner of the country, wherever it might be, and he can live amongst civilized folks in a civilized society. We believe that that's a bedrock. There's a bedrock of civilization underneath us wherever we go in the United States. And it might not be the case in other countries. It might not be the case in third world nations. It might not be the case in some of these tin pot dictatorships that we see around the world come and go. But in the United States, there is a bedrock of civilization. And it's not true. None of it's true. There is a thin veneer of civilization underneath which is absolute and abject chaos. Let me give you an example. So in advance of my excitement of being on Red Eye Radio tonight and speaking to all of you, I took a nap, get up about 9 o'clock central time, get ready to go, understanding that the weather's coming in, we have this bomb cyclone on the way, and I say to myself, self, you're giving yourself plenty of time to traverse the 15 or so miles between Mount Juliet, Tennessee, and your downtown studios in Nashville to broadcast on Red Eye Radio. In my car I go, truck I should say four wheel drive I've no worries about getting here on time I get into my vehicle I'm traveling about 35 miles an hour now understand there's a lot of snow coming down and I know those of you living north of me you're laughing your behinds off right now but bear with me because in the south in our defense when the rain comes first and the snow comes behind it you have that sheet of ice underneath the snow And a lot of you might be experts in driving in the snow. I promise you, none of you are experts driving on top of a sheet of ice. That said, about five miles into my journey tonight, I realize traffic has come to an absolute standstill. And it doesn't take long to understand why. There's a a massive pileup of automobiles. Hopefully nobody hurt. Best wishes to to those involved in the crash. That said, about a five-car, six-car, multi-car accident caused by a major sheet of ice on the interstate roadways that has shut everything down. And so I start making calls to Red Eye Radio, make calls to Brian, make calls to the gang out in Dallas, make calls to my guy, Dan Mandis, who, Johnny on the spot, he's my hero tonight. And for the Christmas holiday season, he comes to my rescue and gives us the first two hours of Red Eye Radio. What do I mean by the thin veneer of civilized society? Well, there's an example Everything's going fine. Roadways are running smoothly. And suddenly I'm stuck in a traffic snarl for two and a half hours, which 
could have been three and a half, four and a half, five and a half hours, depending on the severity of the accident. Now, I'll give you another example. If you think we live in a society where there is a bedrock of civilization, where those around you are going to remain calm, level-headed, and rational, if something goes wrong in your life, ask yourself a question. All of you ask yourself a question. What would happen? What happens when the lights go out? Well, you know, we we're concerned. We check our cell phones. Maybe if you've got Twitter on your cell phone, you jump on the Twitter. You go to your local electric company's app. You see if there's any reports of outages in the neighborhood. All is okay. What if that outage is 30 minutes? You start getting a little concerned, a little annoyed. Maybe it's cold outside. Maybe you have electric heat. Starts getting a little brisk inside of the house because it's 15 degrees outside or whatnot. What if that power's out for two days? Now, let's flash forward. What happens if that power is out for two weeks? What do you think America would look like if our power went out for two months? It would be absolute and utter chaos. And I don't want to be too dystopian. But there would be rioting in the streets. The thin veneer of civilized society present right before me tonight as I attempted to get to radar radio. But I'm here and uh, I, I'm thankful uh, that it seemed that everybody was okay in my little corner of the world. And I hope all of you are having a wonderful and pleasant holiday experience despite the bomb uh, cyclone that has descended upon the United States. Areas in the Midwest, the Plains, and yes, the American Southeast experiencing what is being called the coldest Christmas in 40 years. And this um, event, which is being um, referred to as a bomb cyclone, is set to trigger blizzard conditions across the eastern seaboard as we speak. Over 4,717 flights have already been canceled. That was two hours ago. I think that figures up to about 6,000 now, which is putting a quag on a lot of the travel plans that Americans have across this country to go to see loved ones, uh, many of which are seeing their loved ones for the first Christmas in some time, those of you who shut yourselves down due to the uh, quote-unquote COVID pandemic. We've lots to discuss tonight, and I'm excited to talk with you on Red Eye Radio. The phone lines are open and available, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. And, of course, you can find me on all social media platforms. I'm primarily on Twitter. Twitter is a cesspool full of awful people saying awful things about other people, and I absolutely love it. And it's gotten better, certainly since Elon Musk uh, became owner of the company. And, yes, I put my hat in the ring for CEO, and no, I don't think I'm going to get it. Uh, So you can find me on that platform and, of course, on Facebook and all of the rest of the uh, platforms. And then uh, our website here in Nashville, 997WTN.com, if you so desire to look uh, uh, more information about me. So... My frustration with Washington, D.C. has reached, um, shall we say, an 11. Remember the great scene from This is Spinal Tap. If you've never seen the movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. Where the character played by Christopher Guest is talking with the faux director played by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner was a liberal back then, but it was before he completely went off the reservation as a an avowed socialist. That said, pretty good in the film. It was the original mockumentary for those who don't know. And in the scene, Rob Reiner is talking to Christopher Guest about an amplifier. Christopher Guest is a guitar player. 
in the movie. And he's explaining to Rob Reiner why he gets such a robust sound out of his music. Why their shows are so loud. And he says, well, and he has this English accent. And he says, well, you have to understand, don't you, that this amplifier, I had it specially made. And it goes to an 11. You see, most amplifiers just go to the 10. This goes to the 11. And Rob Reiner seems a little bit confused and says, well, why don't you why don't you just make 10 louder? And there's a long pause. And Christopher Guest says, this one goes to 11. When Donald Trump came on the scene in 2016, everything became an 11. And it remains so. It remains so. And even in the aftermath of the Trump presidency, the mainstream media keeps everything at an 11, it seems to me, giving us no time to breathe and no time to break. And this holiday season is is no exception. We have apparently a war between Ukraine and Russia that has the future of the United States of America in its clutches. Somehow, I'm not exactly sure how it became part of our own future, but the amount of money that we're funneling to Ukraine, it seems, we are told by liberal Democrats, is vital not just to the aftermath of this war and the future of Ukraine, but also to the United States of America. And I'll explain what that means in a moment. And secondarily, we are, it is explained to us, that we have to, over the holiday season, spend more money, throw good money after bad in terms of our national debt in order for us to continue really to financially exist as a nation. I mean, some of the language coming out of the Democrat Party and Republicans in Washington, D.C., with regard to this one point, now we know, $1.9 trillion, not $1.7 trillion, $1.9 trillion, but what's a few billion dollars amongst friends? $1.9 trillion omnibus spending package, which is no way to run a railroad. We were told over the last several days that this has to happen. Otherwise, calamity and chaos and government shutdown. When is the last time your life has been affected by a government shutdown? I beg of you. Mine has never been affected. Now I understand if you're a government employee, you stay home for a few weeks. Maybe you don't get a paycheck. You always get paid back. Government employees always get paid back. So this threat of a government shutdown is no threat at all to me. So all of these things will come together under the heading of the thin veneer of civilized society as we spend some time tonight on Red Eye Radio. I'm going to start with the omnibus spending package. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. 29 Republicans stood up and said no, and rightly so. Republicans and conservatives are not the same thing. And it takes an understanding of that to understand why so many of these so-called conservatives, ours behind their names, voted in favor of spending good money after bad and adding to our inflationary debt. We're going to discuss it next and take your telephone calls. This is Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. (laughs) 
23 after the hour and a Merry Christmas to you, your family, your loved ones, and all around you. We appreciate you being with us on Red Eye Radio. Matt Murphy in for Gary and Eric. They're off for the holiday season. I'm filling in tonight. Uh, next week, I believe it's my colleague here in Nashville, Tennessee, Dan Mandis on Red Eye Radio. You can listen live always wherever you go on the RedEyeRadioShow.com uh, app, podcast, listen live button. You can go, I mean, you know, there are multiple ways uh, to listen to the show. And whatever way you do, we are very appreciative of that. I'll get to telephone calls coming up in just a moment at 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's talk about the omnibus spending package for a moment. It's 1.7 to 1.9 billion dollars, a trillion, pardon me. Hard to say trillion, isn't it? Trillion dollars of spending over the next nine to 10 months. Now, understand something. Every Republican, every Democrat, and you well know this. We know this. And if a dunderhead in Nashville, Tennessee can understand these concepts, I can't for the life of me figure out why our political figures, our elected, quote unquote, servants cannot. They knew a new budget was necessary. They know that this is no way to run a railroad. Yet they do this all the time. Listen as Rand Paul, great senator from Kentucky, explains to you how the process goes on a regular basis in Washington, D.C. I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. Now, People argue that it's conservatives' fault. It's you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending. The people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost ten months, to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th. So they voted themselves 90 more days. I'm going to pause right there and say that they're never ready on September 30th. They know when the fiscal year ends. Rand Paul's exactly right. The political, this is not new to them. They understand how the process should work, and they don't like how the process works. They like the sweet pork. And I'm not just talking about Democrats. Most of the Washingtonized Republicans in Washington, D.C., and I'll get to Mitch McConnell in a moment. Mitch McConnell is the problem. I understand what Democrats are. I understand what social liberals are. Leftists, collectively, I call them. I get that. I understand what a shark is, and I understand what a shark does. A shark is going to be a shark. Mitch McConnell is a sheep in wolf's clothing, or a wolf wolf in sheep's clothing, depending on your perspective. You know, if you're a Democrat, he's a sheep in wolf's clothing. He talks a good game. He acts all tough. He acts like a conservative. But you know, when the rubber meets the road, you'll get what you want. If you're a socialist liberal, you'll get what you want. Did they not? Did they not get everything they wanted in this omnibus spending package to include $45 billion additional money going to the war in Ukraine with no accountability whatsoever. And this in the face of the Republicans taking over the House of Representatives, the power of the purse is everything. It's the only thing the Republicans have right now. Yet they give it up. They give it up for what reason? Pork. Not enough conservatives and too many Republicans in Washington, D.C. Continue, Rand. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. 
But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's a no-good, rotten way to run your government. He's exactly right. It is a no-good, rotten way to run anything. A company, your household, or your government. And they know it, and they don't care. The simple fact of the matter is many Republicans in Washington, D.C. are just fine with adding to our national debt. The national debt is $31 trillion. I've long said on my local radio show in Nashville and Birmingham before it that you will die, I will die, your children will die, your grandchildren will die before we pay a penny of that back. It is a fool's errand to even discuss the repayment of $31 trillion. We'll never do it. The best we can hope for in the United States of America is that we stop adding to it because every dollar we add to the national debt is time lost in the future of this country. are open 1-866-907-3339 866-90-RED-EYE now for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley Matt Murphy it is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio thank you Gary thank you Eric for giving me this Christmas gift an opportunity to speak to all of the listeners of Red Eye Radio wherever you might be in your homes your automobiles your trucks your places of business Merry Christmas Happy Holidays and a wonderful new year to you your family, and your loved ones. Coming up a little bit later on on the show, I'm going to ask you what you would like under the Christmas tree for a Christmas gift for 2023 from a political perspective. What your Christmas gift would be to the country if you could give one as well. We'll do that a little bit later on. And as promised, we'll get to your telephone calls moments from now. 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-07-3339. 866-9- Include the nine, Murphy. 866-907-3339. It's so much easier to say 866-90-RED-EYE, isn't it? Okay, so Rand Paul expressed um, expressed it well. This is no way to run a railroad. Spending time, wasting time on useless measures in Washington, D.C., biding your time until you come to the 11th hour, intentionally so, so you can declare an emergency just so you can get an omnibus spending package passed that has so much pork in it, it's difficult to know where to start. You know, I was listening to Dan Mandis while I was stuck in traffic here in Nashville, Tennessee, trying to get to the studios uh, to uh, to get to Red Eye Radio. And the caller was right. 
as Dan and the caller were talking about, $63 million to study the spawning of salmon. We're in 2022 and we don't understand how salmon reproduce. Give me a break. This wasted money. And it's easy to say, Murphy, that's just a drop in the bucket. Well, drops add up. And eventually drops become a flood. And that flood is $31 trillion strong now in terms of our national debt. But sadly, the the reality is when I talk on my local show in Nashville, when Gary and Eric talk about the national debt, people will call my show. People will call tonight on Red Eye Radio. We'll, we'll talk a good game. We act as if we care, but obviously we don't care enough. If we did, would we not see our concern about our national debt reflected in our elected politicians? But even those that get to Washington, D.C. as conservatives, those that get to Washington, D.C. with an R behind their name and claim, hey, we're physically conservative and we're going to do something about this national debt. They don't do anything about it. There's no conversation about a balanced budget amendment. There's no conversation about spending less on the federal level. It is difficult. It is difficult to convince the children of America that we have to eat our peas and our vegetables as well as our ice cream. But we don't want vegetables nowadays. We just want ice cream. Now, I'm not blaming you. You know. You're the smartest listeners on planet Earth. You get it that this in the long term is unsustainable. But sadly, as a nation, we've decided we're going to enjoy the blessings and the liberty that we enjoy in the United States of America and everything that falls from that tree of liberty until the time comes where it doesn't exist anymore. We whistle past the graveyard on an annual basis when it comes to spending. And this year it should be more obvious than any other. Consider this. We're going through an inflationary cycle exacerbated by the Biden administration, right? It was created out of COVID. And it was created by Biden coming in and rejecting so many of the principled policies during the Trump administration with regard to energy, with, with regard to domestic spending, with regard to border security. All of these things that happened during the Trump administration were rejected by Joe Biden on day one. And his rejection of Trump and Trumpian energy policy led to a an inflationary period unseen in 40 years in America. And at a time when inflation is at the rate that it is, the last thing that you want to do is add money into the cycle. Because by adding money, you continue that inflationary cycle despite the fact that you say you want to stop it. One of the, ridic- one of the more ridiculous actions taken by the Biden administration, and there are plenty to choose from in 2022, is this concept that we can get ourselves out of inflation by spending more money on the federal level. That makes zero economic sense. But yet, here's Joe Biden blathering about it before the American people and touting. Remember, remember the party that the Democrats had on the White House lawn celebrating the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to reduce inflation by spending more money on the federal level. Makes no sense. And yet here conservatives, quote-unquote, Republicans, quote-unquote, they voted for this measure in the United States Senate. Now, it's not law yet, obviously. has to pass the House, but the expectation is, obviously, it will, considering that the Democrats still control the House of Representatives until the new year. 
This flies in the face of physical responsibility. It always has. Now more than ever. And there's Mitch McConnell, the minority leader in the United States Senate. I attempt to remain calm when I talk about Mitch McConnell. All I want to do is yell. Yell at him. Yell for you, toward him. This man had the audacity. I have the audio I'll play in a moment. The audacity to tell us that the major issue facing the United States of America is helping Ukraine defeat Russia. Now, I'm not suggesting that's not a a bad goal. Russia is not a good actor. Vladimir Putin is an evil man. Does that make Ukraine lily white? Of course it does not. Ukraine is not. Ukraine is corrupt. Vladimir Zelensky's corrupt. But do we blame Vladimir Z- Zelensky for holding out his hand? No. And as long as we continue handing him dollar... Look, I've got three dogs. No kids, three dogs. I understand that if I continue to give my dog treats, my and my dog will continue to take them as long as I give them. Do I blame the dog for that? Do I blame Vladimir Zelensky for coming to the United States yesterday and begging for more money? Well, of course not. He will do so until we stop giving him money. Or at least until we start demanding a certain level of accountability for the money given. Is that too much to ask? All of these things on the docket tonight as I fill in for Gary and Eric on Red Eye Radio. Phone lines, as I mentioned, open 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye. Let's see. I'm going to start with David, who is in San Diego. And if I can figure this out, David, we'll get you right there uh, on the air. Bam, that should be it. David, good evening. Good morning. Welcome in. Thank you for being on Red Eye Radio. How are you? Good morning, Matt. I'm probably a little warmer than you are. Well, in San Diego, I would hope so. Yeah, it's only, well, no, it's not bad here. It's only about seven degrees. We're all good. Getting down to a uh, getting down to a, a balmy negative one in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh come on! You can start <laughs> whining when your beard freezes. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight, right. Dave? So, so don't take this personally, but uh, I'm an ex-military, uh, non-combat veteran. Did twenty-something years medical. Having said all that, I just want to establish the basis. Um, I don't like to see our troops on the front lines of any war. But we go back to World War II, we refer to them as the greatest generation. Unfortunately, we almost didn't get into that war in time to stop things to create the greatest generation. Because we had the isolationists, the ones that said, not in our backyard, no need to worry about it. I think we're in that situation with Russia and Ukraine and all the other countries that would gobble up, be gobbled up after Ukraine if we didn't get into the battle now. Churchill nearly lost us the world by taking the attitude that uh, our isolationists did. Not Churchill, I'm sorry, Chamberlain. Churchill stepped in and and changed everything. And uh, we consider him a great leader. But now we're, I'm hearing what, what you're saying and what many other Republicans are saying is, you know, we really shouldn't be involved in this. It's not our battle. It's not a, a good spot to put our money. And uh, when all said and done, we're taking the side that uh, World War II had with, don't get involved. 
Well, let, let me right, let me I respond. Let, let, let me respond to this and, and see how you react to it. So I, I don't disagree okay. with you. I, I understand the position that you're taking that and, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, that Russia is a threat. Russia is not just a threat to Ukraine, but they are a threat to the greater world. Do you believe that Vladimir, pardon me, do you believe that Vladimir Putin is intent on taking more? Let's say, for example, he somehow managed to take over Ukraine and incorporate that back into Mother Russia, because it's long been stated that Vladimir Putin wants to recreate what was the Soviet Union. Do you think he goes beyond that? Is it his design to take over greater portions of Europe? Well, and if that's Absolutely. the case, and, and, and I can understand I that position. I understand that position. If that's the case, then why are we treating this half pregnant? Meaning we're going into this. I mean, you, you, you either do it or you don't. You're either pregnant or you're not. You either go in and, and say you're a threat or you don't. Now, does that mean that you're willing to see American troops on the ground in Europe? Let's put it this way. Uh, not interested in seeing American troops on the ground nor what I have been in World War II, but if it's necessary, uh, yes, because well, what I, happens I would suggest my understanding of history. Well, well, let me let me say this, David. I would suggest that my understanding of my understanding of history is that if you don't have American troops in Europe in theater, then we're not we're not using the correct analogy by using the World War II analogy. Then the analogy at that point becomes Vietnam. We attempted a proxy uh, no. war. We attempted a proxy war in Vietnam. It didn't work, and that led us to conflict in Vietnam, and that didn't work. Yeah, I understand. It's an it's an excellent excellent analogy, except for one detail. We have a democratically elected country that, while it has corruption problems, as does many other European countries, uh, they are buttressing up against an enemy that we have to control. If China and Russia bind together, as they have been doing, they will become the, the bull in the China shop. And we will, one way or another, we will end up fighting them because they will come up against the NATO it, country. It is They're a fascinating, it is a fascinating fun. talking, and thank you for the call, Dave. I'm going to move along to some others. It is a fascinating talking point. To consider that we are discussing in the United States of America in December of 2022 the inevitable war between America and Russia. I'm not trying to put words in David's mouth, but David seemed to indicate that he believes that this conflict is inevitable one way or the other. It's going to come sooner or later. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. I believe that you could have, with strength in diplomacy, prevented Vladimir Putin from entering Ukraine to begin with. Say what you will about Donald J. Trump as president of the United States, but that man could bluster. What Vladimir Putin saw, now, he did not anticipate the fight in the Ukrainians. There's no doubt. But what he saw was an opportunity of weakness in the United States of America. If we are the leader of the free world, he saw a weak leader and tried to take opportunity to seize the land that he believes belongs to Mother Russia to begin with. I don't know if he has designs on the rest of the world or the rest of Europe or other parts of Europe or not. But he certainly wants that 
portion of the world. My point is this. You either do it or you don't. Right now we're half pregnant. We are feeding Ukrainians money. We're feeding them armaments. And we continue to slow walk ourselves into a conflict that I don't believe the majority of the United States of America is truly prepared for. Are we prepared to put American troops on the ground? It's 249. This is Matt Murphy. I'm in for Eric and Gary on Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. That's 866-90-RED-EYE. This is Matt Murphy on Red Eye Radio. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Across America, it's Red Eye Radio, Matt Murphy, and for Gary McNamara and Eric Harley, wishing those two a very Merry Christmas, as well as you a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays and a Happy New Year, wherever you might be listening. We're talking about America's involvement in the Ukrainian conflict with Russia, our ability to spend $45 billion on that without any fail-safes, without any checks, without any balances, yet we cannot seem to handle our southern border. We're going to talk more about that in the next hour as we look to the southern border to see the chaos that exists there and the chaos that might exist should we see an end to Title 42. It is sad that we have to rely on something like Title 42, which was utilized during the pandemic as a way to prevent continued surging illegal aliens coming into the United States of America. But they are amassing at the southern border. They're ready. They're getting ready to go. They're ready to move into this country, claim asylum, and assimilate themselves into the United States of America. And the Biden administration is ready to fund that assimilation. We'll talk about it next hour. Matt Murphy, in for Eric, in for Gary, on Red Eye Radio. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.